Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. In front, on that right side from the other end. Gotta hold this one, Lingju. Keep it there, and look at that. Makes them all go, and will score the winning point with the last rock. Fan Suyuan and the host country Chinese knock off the Olympic silver medalist from 2018. A pickup win number one. The Olympic Winter Games. Hi again, uh, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Inside Curling. This is our first daily uh, episodes that we're going to do during the games in Beijing. It's called Daily Draw. It's brought to you by CoolBet. CoolBet is a proud sponsor of curling and, frankly, all things ice-related. The logo is a polar bear, after all. And if you love sports, make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the CoolBet community. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Warren. It's early, Jim. It's early. <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the really cool things about this is there's a bunch of odds that CoolBet has put up about curling, and I love it. I, I love watching games. I love watching sports. I love having a little action on it. Uh, and today, Kev, uh, it's mixed doubles uh, that's coming up. Uh, you're going to give us an update on what's been happening so far at the 2022 games. So you're on, Kevin. Well, yeah, you know, we got the first draw here, and I can say lots is going on, starting on sheet a and that was Sweden taking on Great Britain. And I talked about I thought that Great Britain, you know, first of Olympics and Oscar Eriksson, you know, experience in the Olympics, how I thought Sweden would win that game. Well, I was wrong. In the seventh end, Almeida and Oscar talk about the situation as a tie game, five five, and there's an intern tap that's pretty fairly easy, but it's away from the wall. So it's in the seventh end. You're going away from home. So you're playing on sheet A, away from the from the sideboards, and it's a little bit heavier and more curl going away from the sideboards on that sheet. And it's a tap trying to give up a point so that Sweden would be one down going home with hammer. That was the plan. Rocks a little bit light, ticks the guard, gives up a big steal of three, and then in the last end. Actually, Sweden has a shot to tie to send it to an extra, but they don't quite get it. So a 9-5 final on a Great Britain taking out Sweden. So that's a huge result. On sheet B, we've got Australia playing the U.S. And in the sixth end, uh, they take a power play. You, uh, Australia calls a power play. U.S. have five half shots in a row. They don't make any of their shots perfect. They don't miss any of them either. Australia gets three to go up five to three. Vicky Persinger on her last one in seven has a very difficult outturn double to tie the game. If she misses it, it's over. She makes a cross double, beautiful, tied up coming home. And Vicky on her last one in eight, trying a well, not to make the freeze perfect because they've got the kicker in the back 12. She wants to end up about a foot short to make the last shot a little tough for Australia. Comes up about three feet short. A pretty easy shot for Tali Gill and 
just throws it a little outside, breezes by. It's a steal of one. The U.S. sneaks out a win, 6-5. to five. And then on, on Charlie, on Sheet C, you've got Norway, one of the favorites coming into this event, taking on the Czech Republic. Czech Republic gets three, if you can imagine, in the eighth to tie the game. Actually had a shot at four. And then end up stealing in the extra end to take it 7-6. And Warren, I believe you got an opportunity to actually watch that last end. I was busy calling the Australia-USA game, so I didn't have a chance to watch that extra end. What happened? Norway had, of course, a chance to, to pick up the, the single in the extra with a hammer, but uh, Kriskin Seskalin did not make her last shot, uh, was a little bit light on it, and, of course, the thing was stolen, and Czech Republic wins their first game ever in the Olympics, and we're pretty excited. I thought another interesting thing about that game as well, if I look across all four sheets, Norway probably had the highest percentages in this, this today's draw. They were all both in the 80s, and no other team was, but they couldn't finish it, so that was a tough one for them. Yeah, I end up laying an egg, basically, in the eighth, and... and- an extra otherwise owns the game. Yes, they did. And then on sheet D on Delta, you've got China taking on another one of the favorites with Martin Rios and Jenny Pere. And uh, but you know what? China played well and end up winning seven six with a really nice takeout on China's last. And uh, and again, a bit of a surprise how well Team China played. And Warren, once again, I did not get a chance to see that extra end because I was busy calling a game. And you had a chance to watch it, I think. So actually, Kevin, when that uh, shot was taking place, I was watching the Norway-Czech Republic game, and I didn't have a chance to see that last shot with China. But of course, they made it and won 7-6, to six, and that was quite a surprise. That, that was an unknown team going into this. And I'm, I might add that they also shot very well. I think the couple, female 75%, male 84%, I think he was the highest on the ice in the game today. So they're a surprise, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. Isn't it interesting, you know, we're talking about all the different sheets, and, and now Italy and Canada haven't played yet. Of course, both of those, we know those are both good teams. So, I, you know, I hate to uh, not be any help to everybody putting wagers in. <laughs> you have to be. <laughs> but it's going to be tough. Out of all 10 teams... I don't think there's one team in the mixed doubles that you could say will not have a chance of getting on that podium. And that is really hard to believe that you can have an event at, at the games where everybody has a shot at the podium. It's, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. I think it's really going to be right to the wire. I think the indicator is the first round, there's two extra end games. And that's not that common in mixed doubles because the wide open style of game that it is to have two extra ends in the first round kind of tells you where things are going to go. But let's talk about uh, the ice and rocks. On the slam events, normally the rocks are shaped to curl five to six feet. Curling Canada's events, they're probably four to five, and the world is three to four feet. And that was really noticeable today. I think it was probably straighter than normal for a WCF event. And I thought particular with Oscar Erickson and uh, Mollett, who... Throw a very positive. They got a lot of turn on their rocks. And as soon as they stepped up their shots a few times, they just went straight. They didn't come up, up at all. And there wasn't a lot of finish. So I think that as time progresses, those rocks are going to start to move a little more. They were also digging in at the end as well, which also suggests they're, they're pretty sharp. That was my observation on that side of things. What did you think about that, Kevin? Talking about ice and rocks, so uh, Hans Wittrich had to, Wittrich, the uh, head ice maker, had to do an extra flood on the end sheets, which is very unusual. He said he's never done it in 40 years. It's in the, the ice cube, but of course it was meant for swimming in the Summer Olympics, and now it's being used for 
ice for curling. So it's a little bit unusual and the building wasn't built for, for making ice. So the airflow is a little unusual. One thing I found out today that's it's interesting is that the stones being used in the mixed doubles are not the stones that will be used in the four person curling second half of the Olympics. Right. People that think, uh, say Oscar Erickson or Bruce Mowat, Jennifer Dodds, the players that are playing in both would have a huge advantage because they get to see the rocks. They do get to see the ice. The rocks will be different going into the second half of the game. So that's an interesting point. Yeah, that's different from 2018, isn't it? They used the same stones in 2018, and I think there was a lot of criticism about that. So I think it's a good, a good idea that they did this when you've got the same people playing in both events. And one other tidbit, when it comes to the rocks being used in the mixed doubles, they've been used before in championship play. The ones being used in four-person curling second week have never been used in championship play. So players don't know them. They've never been used. It's kind of a question mark. So, which I, I find risky. But if I was running an event and you're using rocks that have never been used, it seems strange to me. But anyway, that's the way it is. Of course, you've got Hans uh, Withrich, who is a fantastic ice maker, dealing with the situation there. So that's great. I thought another interesting thing today was the fact that there's not supposed to be any crowds in uh, Beijing. Not supposed to be anybody in the building. I thought it got pretty loud there a couple of times for an empty <laughs> building. So <laughs> maybe that's a sign of things to come. Who knows? Or they can, or they can just yell really loud, Warren, and they're outside of the building. They got they got uh, big voices. You had brought up the option to use the power play. There's a lot of people going to be watching mixed doubles for the first time. We've you've talked about it a lot, Warren. You guys both love the game, and uh, like I say, this will be the first time they get to see it. Can you give us a quick rundown, Kevin, of of what the rules are in mixed doubles? Yeah, normally the person is throwing first, so you score a point, you throw first. Normally, the, your stone is out front. The opposition stone is back four foot just about touching back button. And the first play is to freeze to that stone. That's most of the ends and then the end plays out. The power play, you actually move the stones to the side, leaving the middle open. And the team with hammer actually has shot stone behind. So a very interesting way to start the power play. And in Sweden, the Sweden-Great Britain game, Great Britain got held only one point. Then Sweden has their power play. Great Britain steals three, so it didn't <laughs> right. work at all. But then in the Australia-USA game on sheet B Bravo, in the sextant, Australia, after giving up a steal in five, decides, you know what, we got to try our power play. They get three. Then right away, US goes, well, seventh end, we, we got to score. They get two right back using the power of play. So usually the power play is the advantage of the person with hammer. And in the Australia-US game, it was exactly that. But kind of funny, in the Swedish-Great Britain game, didn't work out that way at all. So it's really exciting. It's an exciting play. You get to use it one time in a game. Your choice when you use it. Right. And Warren, uh, if I'm going to bet on a game, you're never out of it, aren't you? No matter how, how, how many points you're down, this mixed doubles is lively, man. And, you can, and anyone can come back at any time, right? Yeah, because the way it's set up, it's wide open, and threes and fours are pretty easy to come by. So you're never out of contention unless it's really a big spread. When in doubt, Kevin, take the underdog. So that's what I'm going to do, but I'm going to ask you about that later. Warren, apparently the Australian team had a little bit of problem when trying to get into China on Sunday. What's up with that? Yeah, interesting tidbit. When they arrived in Beijing, they faced a bit of a scare. Uh, Tyler Gill got a positive test upon arrival, so her and Dean Hewitt were put in isolation immediately. But the good news came later in the day when uh, 
on Tuesday when uh, Gil got not one but two tests that were negative, so they were free to go. I guess the other interesting thing to mention, we'd been told about a week ago that Oscar Eriksson had had a positive test before he left Sweden. So that must have got all sorted out because he's on the ice playing, so it looks like uh, everything is good from the curling into things when we look at the COVID world. Okay, good job, Kevin. Good job, Warren. Uh, well, you guys are up watching games. I was watching my alarm clock. Okay, these are early. This is uh, this is early. <laughs> Fantastic. So that's uh, what we're going to do each day is uh, give you a wrap on what happened overnight at the games, and then we're going to tell you what is coming up, and we're going to do that right after this break. Stick around. Now it's time to get down to work. I got a stack of cash here. We're going to do our cool bet picks. Kev, what what do we got first in draw two coming up at 8 p.m. Eastern, by the way? Well, yeah, so we've got some great games, but one thing I wanted to mention is that Italy and Canada didn't play in the first draw. And it's kind of funny. I thought that because they both didn't play, that they would play each other in draw two. But that's actually not the case. Great Britain takes on Canada, so Great Britain already knows the ice, and uh, so that I would have to say that's a bit of an advantage for Great Britain, and same uh, thing USA plays Italy, so you'd have to think that, you know, bodes well for the US. They know the ice conditions and how the ice changes as the game goes on and so on, so I just thought that was kind of an unusual thing that the two play- teams that didn't play earlier wouldn't play each other. Yeah. The game that is interesting to me is the Great Britain-Canada game because with Great Britain having to play Sweden and Canada, I thought there was a chance if Sweden were to win that earlier game and now Canada were to knock off Great Britain, wow, Bruce Mao and Jennifer Dodds would be in big trouble. But Great Britain won the first one against Sweden. Now it, it everything reverses. If Great Britain beats Canada in this one, they're, they're sitting really good for making the playoffs. So just a massive game. Great Britain against Canada. The winner is looking great. You know, for Canada, they haven't played yet. You know, you don't want to lose the first one either. So who are you picking? You know what? I have to go with Bruce Mowat. They've played already. Yeah. And Bruce Mowat played really good in the first one. With Bruce, I thought he might be a little nervous, his age, first Olympics. But man, what a player. Yeah. Yeah, I think he will. I, I think he will too. He he will settle down a bit. He had a little problem a few times with that release of his with those rocks and aren't moving probably as much as he's accustomed to. But I think he was figuring that out by the time they got towards the end of that game. I think he'll have that down in this next game. And I, I think he's going to be really hard for uh, Johnny Morris to, to take on. When you get in these round robins, Kevin, would you rather play the toughest teams, which you, which you have to face, of course, would you rather do it early in a round robin or save it till the end? Yeah, you know what? I think experience matters in that. We, uh, in Vancouver in 2010, we looked at the situation. We had to play Norway right off the start, who was uh, certainly one of the favorites and who we ended up playing in the gold medal game and Thomas, uh, Tomas Olsrud. We played in the first game and we had to draw the button on, on our last one to win that game. So in that case, it really set us in a, in, you know, in a real good start, but had we missed that button and get a loss early, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, so that's a tough one, Jimmy. It's a good question to ask. I think for experienced teams, I'm not sure it matters, but for a young team that's not experienced, maybe it's best to try to get an easy one or two under your belt. But in this particular round, Robin, there aren't any weak teams, all 10 are strong. So I'm not sure it matters a lot here. Yeah. Good point. Okay, draw number three. Italy's playing uh, Switzerland, and the U.S. is playing Norway. Break her down. 
Well, I think uh, from my end of things, um, I think the USA-Norway game is going to be the one to watch. I would lean towards Norway, I think, in that one. They struggled a bit this morning. That's a husband and wife duo. And some interesting comments made by the the commentator this morning. Apparently, they've been having some anger issues and they've been actually working on that what? in preparing for the Olympics. Well, and he showed there a couple of times this morning. He got pretty, pretty annoyed a couple of times. So I think if they can keep that under control, they're, they're a very good team. I think they're probably uh, going to give Chris Plies and, and uh, Vicky Pershinger more than they, they can handle, and I, I would lean towards Norway, I think, in that game. I love feisty. Uh, I'll be tuning in now. Maybe, maybe it's going to be a fight my breakouts. <laughs> this will be good. By the way, draw number three goes at 1 a.m. Eastern. Draw number four is going to go at 7 a.m. Eastern. Four games going on. Norway against Canada, Switzerland against Great Britain, China and Sweden, and the Czech Republic and Australia. Kev, you're going to give us what your thoughts are on these games? Well, I, I'm just really interested now with this uh, China team that, that we just didn't know what to expect, and uh, they're, they're really good. So I, I'm quite excited to uh, to watch them and draw two take on Australia, but then uh, watch them take on Sweden, uh, Sweden being, of course, one of the favorites, and just see, okay, is it real here? Like, is this team that good? Let's have a look. And so that's what I'm really interested in draw for. Let's just see what, what we have to watch here, because... Uh, I didn't think China would be in the conversation in mixed doubles, yeah. but they are. Right now, they certainly are. So uh, that's what I'm interested in, in draw for. Without question, there's three games there that are going to be, I think, very good games. Norway, Canada, Switzerland, Great Britain, and China, Sweden. All three flip a coin. I'll give the edge to Canada in the Norway one, I think. Uh, and again, Mawat, if he's rolling, uh, I think he would be the one over Switzerland. In a Swedish-Chinese game, good question. After watching them play this morning and Oscar Eriksson struggling a bit, I would possibly lead toward China on that one. We've talked about what surprises everyone, uh, you know, over the last several months is that Canada is not a lock. Uh, Kevin, as you said and you pointed out, Warren, uh, in any of the disciplines, in mixed doubles, men's or women's. Christina Rutherford on sportsnet.ca wrote a piece it's called the big read and this is on the state of canadian curling it's the headline is inside canadian curling's messy quest to get back to number one a link to the piece by christine is in our show notes so check that out uh you know before we go kev there are some bets also that i can make whoever's going to finish the highest kev there's the mixed doubles if you take canada to finish the highest you get plus 220 so you double your money in the mixed doubles, if you take the men, you, you, you actually get less than doubles. So you bet 100 bucks, you're only going to win about 90. And the women are plus 300. And I like that bet, Kev. Okay, my 100 bucks gets me 300 for the women's. I'm going I'm to do that. Anyway, some of the other odds, folks, if you go to uh, coolbet.com, you can look up for the odds for Canada to win, the, win a gold is uh, 125, I think. Canada win three golds, your 100 bucks will win you 8,000. Not bad. And for Canada to win three medals uh, is plus 375. So there's lots to look at. Go to coolbet.com. And we thank those guys. They are a proud sponsor of curling and, frankly, all things ice-related. The logo's a bear, after all. Make sure you join the thousands of people already enjoying life inside the Coolbet community. Welcome, Jimmy, to the Coolbet community. Uh, so, Kevin, uh, what's your overall impression of the first day? Well, I was a bit surprised by... Uh... I guess the level playing field across the entire 10 teams in the event. I, I really didn't expect that, to be honest with you. Some of the players that I really thought would, would come out sharp struggled. And then some of the ones that I thought would struggle 
played brilliantly. So it's going to be really exciting going into the draws, you know, two, three, four, midweek. I'm really looking forward to to just see if the players that have played really strong to start can keep it up because that's the trick to Olympic curling. You know, it's all about finishing strong. So let's see the flow. Right now, we're only just starting. Let's see the flow going forward. And by the way, okay, this is midweek uh, before the actual <laughs> Olympics start. And it doesn't mean they're, they're going to ensure it. It goes right to the end, right? It goes right, right to Sunday, Kev. So you'll be tired. Uh, Warren, what did you take away from the first day? I thought it was pretty interesting, pretty exciting. Uh, I was a little surprised at some of the missing, but then as I watched more of it, I began to realize the fact that what the stones are using, things are running fairly straight right now, which I think it'll start to move a little more in the next couple of days. So as a result, there were more shots missed than I expected, but I think that will settle down. And I think, again, a lot of those players have some rust on them. They haven't played a lot. So I think it's just going to get better and better as the week progresses. Very good. I can hear me yelling at the TV. Sweep that rock, boys. I got 20 on this. Let's go. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. That was great. Uh, a reminder to send us an email, insidecurling at gmail.com. Uh, also on Twitter, at Curling Inside. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks a lot to Rod Paulson who handles our Facebook group and our Facebook page. Uh, well done, boys. Kev, go lie down. You must need a nap. Warren, you go back to bed, too. Okay, we got a big big job ahead of us. Isn't it the middle of the night? Yeah, it is. That puts a wrap on our first installment of Daily Draw that we're going to be here each and every day, giving you a wrap on what happened the night before and what's coming up. Take it easy, boys. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jimmy.